A whistleblower has come forward ready to blow the lid off of years and years of Biden family corruption. Man's name is Tony Bobulinski. He was a, a business partner of Hunter Biden. He recorded a phone call with Rob Walker. Rob Walker is a self-described Biden family representative. He's the husband of Joe Biden's former top White House aide. And the, there, there is, are a lot of aspects to this smoking gun, this whistleblower. But here, Rob Walker, the Biden family representative, says that if this whistleblower comes forward, he's going to bury them all. If he doesn't come out on record, I am uh, providing the fact. Tony, you're just going to just bury all of us, man. Will the whistleblower bury all of the Bidens? Will this scandal finally undo Joe? Will it even matter at all? Does this even matter at all to voters? We will find out. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Is this whistleblower going to be the decisive October surprise or is it just more talk, talk, talk? Well, you know, if you want to talk very well, you got to go check out Pure Talk USA. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, there is a one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every single day? That is what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company who understands what it means to serve. Verizon, ATT, T-Mobile, if you're with them, you are overpaying, pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you 400 bucks a year. Listen, all you need, unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data, you get that for 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on your data usage, they don't charge you for it. I know what you're thinking. You're saying, I like being with ATT, Verizon, or T-Mobile. Right. I'm telling you, you can get the exact same network. And I'm not saying that you can get a similar network or you can get a similar, I'm saying the exact same one. Stop overpaying. Grab your mobile phone, dial pound 250, say Michael Knowles, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-K-N-W-L-E-S. When you do, you will save 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say keyword Michael Knowles. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Pound 250 and say my name. You can thank me later. You know, my favorite comment from yesterday, Thomas Egelhoff says, Kamala Harris sounds like Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, specifically. At first, she sounds like she's about to cry, and all of a sudden, she bursts into laughter. <laughs> oh, man. I actually hadn't thought of that before, but once you see that, you can't unsee that. Anytime in an interview that she gets any question other than, Kamala, why are you so beautiful? Any question that requires her to think at all, she gets very shaky and nervous. You saw this yesterday when she was asked what her perspective is. And she said, uh, and then she went right to identity politics. Uh, my perspective is a, a black woman and an immigrant and a, and a woman. And, uh, and just, it didn't. And then she bursts into the bizarre laughter. So yes, I guess Kamala is the Joker. Very scary stuff, especially because Joe Biden seems to be on the ropes. Tucker Carlson got this interview yesterday with a whistleblower because of course he did because Tucker gets all of these great scoops on cable TV. This is, uh, this is not Tucker's former business partner. This is Hunter's former business partner, Tony Bobulinski. Uh, Tony has, has said that he has had conversations with the Biden family, with Jim Biden in particular. That's Joe Biden's brother, obviously with Hunter Biden. Apparently Jim Biden said that Joe knows about all the corruption but he has plausible deniability, so he'll get away with it. I'm thinking about the Biden family, like how are they doing this? 
I know Joe decided not to run in 2016, but what if he ran in the future? Aren't they taking political risk or headline risk? And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of, he looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel after about a you know, hour and a half, two hour meeting with me asking out of concern, how are you guys doing this? Aren't you concerned that you're going to put your brother's, you know, future presidential campaign at risk? Um, You know, the Chinese, the stuff that you guys have been doing already in 2015 and 2016 around the world. And uh, I just can almost picture his face where he sort of chuckles and says, you know, plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Well, I think that's probably true. Now, you do have to ask yourself, okay, why is this whistleblower coming forward? Does he have some beef with Hunter Biden? I think Hunter Biden probably has a beef with a lot of people because Hunter Biden behaves like a degenerate. So it could be, maybe he doesn't like Joe Biden now. Maybe, who, who knows why he's, he's turned on the Biden family. But he's, he's acknowledging the years of corruption that, that we have seen hints of before. And then he gets specific. He gets specific on the geopolitical adversary that we're all so worried about these days, China. And, and Tony comes out and says, Joe Biden effectively is owned by China. The Chinese and CFC uh, never viewed me. I'm insignificant and irrelevant in this discussion. To them, it was always the Biden family. It wasn't Hunter Biden. It wasn't Jim Biden. It was the Biden family who's obviously led and um, and operated by Joe Biden. And in a document that you guys have, and uh, I think it's been provided to, you know, to the world, the Chinese reference that because of their trust in uh, the Biden family, that Chairman Yi and Director Zhang are uh, excited about moving forward in this. And in that document, they reference loaning $5 million to the BD family. Right. The BD family is the Biden family. And notice they didn't say we're loaning that money to Oneida Holdings or we're loaning that money to Tony Bobolinsky or we're loaning that money to James Gillier or Rob Walker. They, once again, not a document generated by me, a document generated by CFC, that they're loaning that money to the Biden family. So I think Joe Biden and the Biden family are compromised. I think all of that is true. So is this the big shocking revelation less than two weeks until the election that's going to undo Joe Biden? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. What new information is being presented here? We're getting more evidence that Joe Biden is corrupt. So that's good because we are seeing ties, not just between Hunter Biden and some corrupt people, but James Biden, not just James Biden, but Joe Biden. And we already knew this because Hunter Biden doesn't have any skills. So of course, the only reason he would be hired and paid by these foreign oligarchs is to get access to his dad. He denied that he gave access to his dad. Now these emails have come out and said, yes, he did give access to his dad. Yes, he, they, these people did meet with his dad. Yes, his dad is a big crook. So what? We already knew that. I Look, I wish that I could be as excited as everybody else is over these revelations. I just think it's baked into the cake. Do you think any Biden voter is going to change his vote now because these revelations have come out? I don't think so. Biden's been a crook politician for 50 years. Do we really, do we really think now they're going to say, oh, well, I knew he was a crook for 50 years, but you know, now he's getting money from China. Okay, we've got to switch our votes. Maybe a little bit on the periphery, but I actually, I don't think this is going to matter too much. I think the one effect this could have on the race is it could motivate conservatives. 
I, I was talking to Senator Cruz about this yesterday on our show, Verdict. There are two kinds of, of campaigns. There are the persuasion campaigns and there are the get out the vote campaigns, right? There's the one where you want to win over people in the middle. The other is where you want to turn out your own base. This is emphatically the latter. Everyone has had a strong opinion on Donald Trump since the 80s, okay? Nobody is undecided here. So it's all about getting out the vote. Part of the reason why the left always pushes negative polls is to demoralize conservatives so we don't show up to the polls and then they can win before anyone had to go out and actually vote. So if we've got the kind of evidence that Hunter Biden is corrupt, it could have the effect of getting us more and more excited about this, thinking there's a chance Joe Biden doesn't doesn't win the race, you know, thinking the Biden family is collapsing and going out and voting. If it has that effect, I'm happy. But I don't think we need to focus too much on this. I think we need to focus more on the absolute disaster Joe Biden would be for this country and the fact that the guy can barely finish an English sentence. Joe Biden, this is unheard of in, in modern presidential politics. Joe Biden has effectively sworn that he won't campaign anymore for the last two weeks of this race. That's very strange. He thinks he's in a good position. He thinks the polls are behind him. So he's just going to stay at home so he doesn't give himself the opportunity to screw up any more than he already has. Nobody is trying to get him to show up out of the mainstream media, out of the Democratic establishment. The only guy who is trolling Biden into getting back onto the campaign trail is the master troll in chief, President Trump, who says that Joe Biden has basically given up on life. No, no, he has. He's waved a white flag on life. He doesn't leave his basement. Joe Biden's been accusing Trump of waving the white flag of coronavirus, surrendering on coronavirus. He said, no, I'm not doing that. Joe Biden's waving a white flag. He's waving a white flag on life because he knows that if he goes out and he talks and he says hello to anybody, he's going to screw up. So he's hiding in his basement. Right after Trump says this, what happens? Joe Biden decides to come out of hiding. I'm, I'm not sure that this corruption stuff, it really matters. But Biden is hiding anyway because he doesn't want to have to answer questions on Hunter. He doesn't want to have to answer questions on, on any of these other people. So Joe Biden shows up and he's at a campaign event. They've got a band there and he's going to go give a speech. You've seen the Trump rallies. You've seen, what, 20,000 people there, 30,000 people there sometimes. And then you see the Biden rally. Joe Biden shows up. The band is playing. There were probably 18 people in the room. So he walks down the stairs. They're playing Midnight Train to Georgia, which is kind of a depressing song to be playing during a campaign, right? Because it's all about a guy who failed. The L.A. was too much for the man, and so he's leaving the life he's come to know. Biden's got his little circles there. I don't even know if it's 18 people. It's not. It's not even 18. It's probably a dozen people. Okay, a little bit more on the side. So, okay, 18 people. You got probably more staff there than guests. And he's, he's old, so it's taking him forever to walk to the stage. He's trying to run a little bit, but that's awkward. Handful of claps. He's leaving. He is leaving on that midnight train. I know that the polls say that Biden is way up. Maybe Biden is way up. Maybe Biden's going to win. Maybe it's going to be a blowout for Joe Biden. But you got to admit it's kind of weird that Trump gets tens of thousands of people to show up to his rallies and Joe Biden can't get 20 people to show up to his rallies. You got to admit that is kind of weird. I've never seen enthusiasm so skewed in a race where the polls are so tight. 
what does that mean? Does that mean the polls are wrong? Does that mean that libs are so afraid that they're just staying in their homes because they're afraid of the flu? What is it? What does that really mean? Does it mean that they just got the time wrong on Joe Biden's rally? Well, they should have worn a movement watch. Movement watches are all about looking good while keeping it simple. Okay. They don't tell you how many steps you've taken. They don't tell you how fast your heart is beating and how you slept it out. They don't do that. You know what they do? Like watches are supposed to do. They tell the time. That's it. They tell the time like true classic timepieces and you look good while you're wearing them. Movement was a crowdfunded startup. It's, it's kind of hard to even remember that now because it's such a popular watch brand. Crowdfunded startup. They, they did very, very well as a crowdfunded startup. Now they're one of the biggest watch brands in the world. Okay. They wanted real quality products for everyone. Started by two college dropouts. Now they have almost 2 million watches sold in over 160 countries. I've been wearing movement watches for years now. They were one of the earliest sponsors on this show and they start at just 95 bucks. Okay. You would be looking at $400, $500 for the same quality from a traditional brand in a department store. Get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to movement.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. I recommend the Revolver line. I think that one is super cool. And the Arc Automatic, also great. I have both of those watches. They're super, super cool. Movement's launching new styles on their site all the time. Check out their latest at MVMT.com. Go to MVMT.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, and join the movement. So Biden can't muster any of these people to actually show up. I think this matters much more than the corruption. I think we got to focus on how there's no enthusiasm, why there's no enthusiasm, what his plans will mean for the country, for the economy, what his plans will mean socially, what his plans will mean for the structure of our government, court packing, and what his cognitive issues mean for the presidency. Joe Biden was asked one of these events, he was asked about Amy Barrett. And this should be a slam dunk. This is one of the top issues on the entire campaign, the Supreme Court and this confirmation that just happened a couple of days ago. Joe Biden, he couldn't seem to string the thoughts together. Here's the deal. One of the things that, that, that is important is that um, keep in mind, although they're going to vote on uh, uh, Barrett, that is so embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Joe. It's embarrassing for the campaign. Senator, tell us about Amy Barrett. Okay, well, here's the deal. The thing about it is uh, they're going to vote today or was it yesterday or they're going to... Uh, uh, and I actually, I don't even want to make fun of him for it. Anybody who's had aged friends or relatives knows this happens. You know, it's a, a senior moment, except with Joey, he has senior moments all of the time. Don't begrudge him that. Uh, you know, it's going to happen to all of us probably someday if we live that long. But it doesn't mean that you should be president while you're having those issues. If you cannot give an opinion on the Supreme Court confirmation that just happened, you should not be president. You don't have the stamina to do it. And his campaign staff knows it. We've been seeing this for months and months and the mainstream media are denying it, where Joe will start trying to talk to the press and he'll start rambling and they will take him by the arm and lead him away. Like, come here, come here, old grandpa. So come here, come here, old Joe, you know, let's go. We're going to, again, if, if Joe were just their grandpa, perfectly fine, a lovely interaction, but he's not, he's trying to be president. 
uh, Barrett, the today is sort of okay, bye, and just leads them away. And the press won't ask a question about it because the press are campaign operatives for, for Biden. Now, some of the Biden gaffes have been a little bit funnier. You might, maybe they're Freudian slips. I don't know. Just yesterday, Joe Biden was talking about, uh, about his wife and then Kamala Harris and Kamala's wife. But my wife, Jill, as you know, and Doug Emhoff, uh, Kamala's wife are there. Kamala will be back uh, later this week, I think on Friday. That may have been a Freudian slip, which is obviously where you say one thing, but mean your mother. So Joe talks about Kamala's wife. He meant to say her husband, I guess. Those issues, I know it's counterintuitive, but I think those issues are going to matter much more. Here's my evidence. We've known about the Joe Biden corruption stuff. Well, we've known about it for many years, but in the campaign, this has been a hot topic of discussion for at least six, eight months. Didn't skew anything. Remember after that first debate, Trump was going really hard at Biden, actually probably helped Biden in the debate. That second debate did not go as well for Joe Biden. Actually, right after the second debate, one of the big trends that took place on Google was, can I change my vote? Well, why? Why was that? It's because Joe Biden and the moderator and the entire established presidential debate commission forced Joe Biden to have to finish his sentences. It was actually a miscalculation. They thought they were helping Biden by doing it, but it didn't help Biden. So he had to finish the sentences and he seemed weak and he didn't have an answer. And he seemed a little bit radical, but more than that, he seemed like he wasn't all there. So people asked, can I change my vote? Now this is very difficult because 62 million votes have already been cast. People have already voted. This is a big problem with early voting. Early voting should not exist. Absentee ballots should exist in very limited circumstances where you solicit a ballot, but otherwise you should vote on election day. There are a lot of shenanigans that go on. We've already heard about a lot of shenanigans out of Philly, out of New York, out of New Jersey, places where people are messing around a little bit sometimes with the votes. You find a a box of ballots on the side of the road in some places. Election security is very difficult. Campaigns have election security on election day, but you can't have election security for two months. And also we're in a campaign. Campaigns are about persuading people. New things happen. You time your campaigns for how it's going to affect election day. We should only have election day with some absentee ballots in limited circumstances because now people want to undo their votes. Can they do it? In some places they can. This is worth, I I suspect if you're listening to this show, you're not having second thoughts. You know, you you didn't vote for Joe and then now you're, you're considering switching. Maybe though, maybe we do have a number of Democrats and left-wingers who listen to this show. So maybe I've changed your mind. If you happen to live in New York, Florida, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Washington, Mississippi, Idaho, and Connecticut, you may be able to amend your vote. There are different rules in all of those places. If you live in any of those states, if your loved ones live in any of those states and they want to change their vote, they sometimes can, but they've got to act early. And then in the future, I think we need to get rid of this early voting entirely because it is unfair to people. It is unfair to the candidates and it is open to fraud. But I suspect there are going to be a lot of changes to our system after this presidential race. Because if the Democrats win, they've already told us they're going to try to add two more states, Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. They're going to try to get rid of the Electoral College. They're going to try to pack the Supreme Court. I mean, we're talking about major changes. Some people believe that, and this has been an explicit pitch of the Joe Biden campaign. They believe if Joe Biden gets elected, things go back to normal. If, If Trump gets elected, 
If he gets reelected, then they're going to keep burning down the cities and things are going to get worse and worse and worse. And Joe Biden with a not so veiled threat says, we can't take four more years of this. Right? Meaning we can't take four more years of the cities being burned down. So vote for me, you know, sure as a nice country you have there would be a, would be a shame if something happened to it. But I don't think things are going to get better if Joe Biden gets elected. I'm not even convinced that they're going to lift the coronavirus restrictions. That's always been a joke too. We've said November 4th, they're going to cure coronavirus. Maybe, or maybe they just took a lot of power and they're going to keep it. Think about, if you're a conservative, think about how brutal the Obama years were. The, the Obama years were. Obama's ears are also brutal. No, the, the, the Obama years were very tough for us because he would just stick his finger in our eye all the time. And he would, he would talk about the right side of history and how we were bitter clingers. And he used the IRS to, to mess up our nonprofit organizations. And he would just poke his finger in our eye. It was very annoying. I think we have to admit Trump has done the same to the, the left. He hasn't committed the crimes that the left committed, you know, abusing the federal government, spying on his opponents. He hasn't, he actually hasn't done that. But from a rhetorical standpoint, he has done that. And they are going to be out for blood. And they are so furious that Trump was elected in the first place. They refused to accept that it was legitimate, but they're so furious. They are going to ratchet up the level of national tension. It will not go down. The, the most persuasive pitch of the Biden campaign is return to normalcy. We're not returning to normal. No matter who wins this election, we're not returning to normal. There will be major, major political battles that will cut to the core of our constitutional government. And unfortunately, there might be more, what's the euphemism? Civil unrest. You've seen it now for months and months and months. That's why you've got to know how to protect yourself. Personal Defense Network, PDN is an educational community built by patriots just like you that provides vital, easy to understand real world tips, techniques, and tactics. The PDN team has the world's best instructors and they've been delivering life-saving information to people like you for over 15 years. Learn how to keep yourself and your loved ones safe. All of PDN's contributors are active educators. They know what they're talking about. They teach life-saving skills to military personnel, law enforcement, people just like you all around the world. You may be the last line of defense when that evil comes calling. So it is never too soon to be prepared. I'm, I'm really thrilled about PDN because, look, I like going out and shooting guns and I've, I've done a little, uh, little type of personal defense training before. They call it Krav Maga. I call it Krav Maga in, in my being a conservative American. That's so, you know, so I've done some of these things, but I'm not that good at it. I don't really know how to, how to use these uh, personal defense techniques all that well. So I love having th these personal instructors that can be beamed right in uh, through my screen so I can, I can learn it in, uh, in my own comfort and then put those tactics into use. Go to MyRightsMyHome.com slash Michael. The, the discount will automatically apply at checkout. Because you're a listener of ours, their premium membership will only cost $3 for the first full year. $3. Normally sells for $69. Go to MyRightsMyHome.com slash Michael. The discount will automatically apply at checkout. And the way things are going, never too soon to go, to go check them out. I think there are big changes coming around. You've even seen this language from the left in recent, in recent days. They've talked about the Green New Deal, right? The, the, evoking the New Deal is evoking Franklin Delano Roosevelt. The New Deal was a major, some say, irreversible structural change to our constitutional order. You've heard about court packing. That's actually another idea that came from FDR. You've heard about lots of other major changes. Well, the Lincoln Project 
the Lincoln Project is out with a, a very scary commercial. Well, you know, the Lincoln Project are a bunch of these con artists, unemployed, ex-Republican operatives and campaign consultants. So they're, they're raising a lot of money from left-wingers and they've aired this commercial with a big fear that if President Trump gets reelected, he might never give up power. me to wake you and tell you what happened in the election. Who won? Trump. Trump won. But I thought you could only be president two times. Not anymore. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content. Of course, the Lincoln Project is responsible. Now, there is a real irony here, which is these left-wingers, and I include the Lincoln Project among them, are talking about how we need a new deal like FDR gave us, how we need to pack the courts like FDR tried to do. And we need to be very afraid of Trump running for a third term like, wait for it, FDR did also ran for a fourth term. Actually, the only way we got rid of that American monarch was because he died in office finally. And then they passed a constitutional amendment to stop people from doing that. Every president before FDR had followed George Washington's example and not served more than two terms, except for FDR, the American monarch, the one that the left wants to go back to. This is what the left does. They always, always project. I mean, I got to tell you, that commercial got me really excited for Trump's third term. I just... I don't think he's willing to do it. I want him to go in like Charles II and say, Congress, you are dissolved. Go home. I am the emperor. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Lincoln Project. Now, the Lincoln Project, I, none of them actually believe that's going to happen. The Lincoln Project is the most dishonest hack movement in politics that I've seen in my lifetime. Okay, it is just pure grift. I know that word gets abused a lot these days, grift and grifter. It means con artist, and it's, it's basically used to, uh, to apply to anyone that you disagree with. That's how it's become popular. But there is a specific use of this, and the specific use applies to the Lincoln Project. They are con artists. They don't believe anything. The reason they started the Lincoln Project is because they were out-of-work GOP campaign consultants who couldn't get hired anymore because it was Trump's party now, and he kicked all of them out. So they gave up all of their principles and became Democrats, if they had any principles in the first place. And they, a lot of them were in debt. Some of them were in, were lobbyists for Russia. I mean, these, these are corrupt dudes who've been working in politics for a very long time. So they just air a bunch of nonsense. But the, the way it works, actually my kind of defense of the Lincoln Project and why I think some conservatives should come around to it is all the Lincoln Project is doing is lining the pockets of these unemployable campaign consultants by milking Democrats. So it is, it, the Lincoln Project is a wealth redistribution scheme to take idiot, gullible Democrats' money and give it to unemployed GOP campaign consultants. I'll give you another example. They just put a couple billboards up in Times Square. Jared Kushner saying, New Yorkers are going to suffer and that's their problem. 
and this is a quote obviously taken way out of context from, from Jared Kushner. And then it's next to one of Ivanka, who I don't know why Ivanka's on the, on the billboard, but it says 33,000 New Yorkers dead, 224,000 dead Americans. Like that's Ivanka's fault. Like Ivanka killed them. Also, what, if the, if the number of New Yorkers dead is so disproportionate to the number of Americans, maybe that's not the Trump's fault. Maybe that's the fault of Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, or Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, right? I don't know why that would become the Republicans' fault, but it, it actually doesn't matter. Why are there billboards up in New York? Why is a, a campaign organization that is dedicated to kicking Trump out of office, why are they spending their money, a lot of money, on billboards in New York? Trump's not going to win New York. It's not a battleground state. That's a, that's a Democrat state. The reason they're doing that is so that they can advertise for the Lincoln Project and get more money. They've been doing this on Morning Joe. Nobody watches Morning Joe except for gullible leftists who are likely to give money to leftist organizations. So they've been running advertisements on Morning Joe in Washington, D.C. People aren't going to vote for Donald. They're going to, they're, Washington, D.C. is taxation without representation to begin with, but they're not going to vote for Trump, you know, even, even if they were going to play a significant role in the presidential election, they're not going to vote for Trump there. It's just a way of taking money from Democrats. And that's totally fine by me. It's kind of funny. I almost respect these con artists a little bit more than the crazy people. Cause there are these, these hacks like the Lincoln project. And then there are people who genuinely believe this stuff that they're putting out there. There's one video in particular, a woman crying in her bathtub over Trump. That is not even over Trump, over Amy Coney Barrett. That is, uh, really a work of performance art. You know, the presidential election is almost here. It's, I can't believe how close it is. We have an amazing day of programming for you. Our live stream starts on Tuesday, November 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. noon Pacific. Features special guests, live interviews, and more leading up to a very special episode of Backstage, where we will be covering the results with you in real time. And even better, join Daily Wire now, get 25% off with code ELECTION. So you can watch all of our election coverage live with our Apple TV and Roku apps. So watch the election with us at dailywire.com. Get 25% off your Daily Wire membership with code election when you sign up today. Head on over, sign up, go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back with a lot more. Welcome back. You've seen these videos. It's a genre of video that I don't really understand, which is hysterical women filming themselves crying. I don't know. I don't cry all that much. I'm not saying that to brag, you know, not saying that to be macho here, but I just, I don't cry a lot. You know, only uh, if a dear beloved family member dies, or if I see a particularly gorgeous sunset and one tear just wistfully kind of falls down my cheek. But, but I will say this, when I have cried, I do not have the impulse to film myself and then post it on TikTok. I don't know. Maybe I'm an old fuddy-duddy. Maybe I'm a boomer. I don't have that impulse. But a lot of these left-wing women do. One crazy lady decided to film herself in a bathtub weeping because a new justice was added to the Supreme Court. Don't mind me. I'm in the bath, but... While I'm in here, I got a notification that, that uh, Amy Coney Barrett was of 
officially convert to the Supreme Court. I didn't think I would be this affected by it, but I'm scared. I'm scared for me, other women, uh, people who need help, everyone except white men. So, um, please vote next week. Let's try to do something. Yeah, man, white men are terrible. You know, I hate those guys because of their sex and their race. You know, that's what makes me hate them so much because they're so bad. All the other people are so much better. You know, isn't that, <laughs> that's, that is what they believe. This is even this like silly, frivolous white liberal woman. Why is she afraid? What is she scared of? I guess the only right of hers that Amy Barrett is threatening, that a conservative court would threaten, is the right to kill her child through abortion. But let's say, worst case scenario for this lady, let's say Roe versus Wade is overturned. That seems like an unlikely scenario, but if it were, then in almost certainly the issue would go to the states. I assume this crazy lady lives in a state that would permit abortion, so she still gets to kill her kid. Let's say she doesn't. Let's say she lives in the middle of Alabama or something. And so the state is actually going to outlaw abortion if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. What does that mean for her? What is she so afraid of? It means that she won't be able to kill her kid and she'll have to, you know, have the kid for, if she does become pregnant, if her contraception doesn't work or something, she's going to be uncomfortable for nine months and then give the kid up for adoption or raise the kid if she wants to. That's it. That's what she's afraid of. That's the great fear that has her cowering, crying in a bathtub is not being able to kill her hypothetical child. Maybe in a very unlikely circumstance. That is a mania. That is hysteria. This woman needs help. She needs a support network. I would say she should talk to her husband. Something tells me though, maybe that's not a possibility. When society breaks down, when the sense of family, most importantly, the basic building block of society, but also local government, civic institutions, the church, your bowling league, your township, your whatever, your state, whatever. When all those things break down, you are left as an atomized individual. And the only meaningful relationship that you can have is with the federal government. So like if this, let's say this woman were married and her husband came home and cheated on her or, you know, I don't know, did sold, bet the family farm or whatever, did something, that action would merit that reaction. That is the reaction of a personal affront in an intimate relationship. But this woman's reaction makes it appear that her most intimate personal relationship is with the federal government, which I think it probably is. Barack Obama pitched this as part of his reelection campaign in 2012. He called it the life of Julia. You you now can barely find it on the internet. It was basically scrubbed from the internet. It described a woman named Julia, this hypothetical woman, from cradle to grave, having everything provided for her by the federal government. No husband, no family, no local community, no nothing. At one point, she chooses to have a child. Doesn't get married, doesn't fall in love, doesn't go out. Nope, just chooses to have a child. And then big daddy Obama, federal government, will come in and provide for her. And then she dies and she dies alone and the federal government provides for that too. That's a bleak life. I'd be crying too if that were my life. What is this woman so afraid of? There are a lot of people like this. 
who believe, no, that the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court should not have a huge effect on your life. If it is, something has gone wrong, both in politics and in your personal life. Speaking of crazy people, by the way, speaking of people who are kind of uh, reacting in a poor way to the fundamental changes that have gone on in society, I can't close the show today without getting to this very important headline. Mother who realized she was gay at the same time as her husband came out as transgender says they're happier than ever as a lesbian couple. So let's, uh, let me see. I think I need an advanced degree to understand that headline, but Jenny, who's 37, and Sarah, who's 38, revealed to each other on the same night uh, that Sarah, who used to be Sean, told her, meaning his wife of 15 years, Jenny, that she, meaning he, was transgender. Immediately after that, Jenny told her husband, that's okay, I think I'm gay. Now, that seems a little too convenient for me. I don't, I don't look, I don't uh, pretend to know the particular situation of this family, but what, what the, the husband comes out and says, I, I'm a woman, and that would seem to be a threat to the family. And so it does seem a little convenient for the wife then to be like, oh, no, that's cool. I'm a lesbian. Can we stay married, please? And I guess they're going to stay married and they've got kids. And it's, it's actually, I mean, it's a hilarious story if, if you were able to separate the actual human suffering from it. But it's kind of a sad story when you realize that they've got kids and this is not, this is not going to turn out well. But what this really means, right, I don't know if this guy's had surgery or anything like that, but nothing really has changed. Right? It's still a guy married to his wife. He just, he just wears dresses sometimes. That's the big change. But there's a lot of confusion around what is essentially not that big of a shift. How did we get to that? I mean, it's a kind of funny tabloid story and we can laugh about it and there have always been weird things that have happened in life. But what's changed is that that is now mainstream. Right. The, the difference is that's not just a sideshow at a circus. That is now the mainstream, and people believe that that is ontologically possible for a man to become a woman simply by wishing it so, and for the wife then to just become a lesbian because she's still married to a man, which means she's not a lesbian, but the man is pretending that he's a woman, so she thinks she is a lesbian. That's all delusion, and yet we're pretending that that is legitimate. And why? Because we have lost a sense of of objective reality. We've lost a connection to objective reality. We've lost a sense of what we are for, what our society is for, what family is for, the role of children in that society. We got another one that one of the most famous transgender activists in the entire world, Jessica Yaniv, who is this big creepy dude who has had very creepy interactions with children and found himself in a little bit of legal trouble because of that. Well, this guy, all he does is go around and sue people for not giving into his will. So he very famously put these immigrant beauty salon workers out of business because he wanted them to give him a Brazilian waxing. And uh, they wouldn't do that because he's not a woman. And it's actually not, you, you actually can't give him a Brazilian waxing. Uh, you have to give him what's called a manzillion waxing, which uses different material because men and women are different. And he was very upset that they wouldn't do this. So because 
he was not able to expose himself to these poor immigrant women and these poor immigrant women weren't willing to fondle his genitals. He sued them and put them out of business. So he's doing this again with a beauty pageant. This guy has filed a complaint with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario uh, because a female-only beauty pageant would not allow him to participate because he's, he's a man who has male genitals. They were even willing to let him participate if he had the cosmetic surgery to make him look more like a woman. But he hasn't even done that. He's just a dude in a dress. And so they said, no, you're not allowed to do this. So now he's filed a complaint with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario. He's been doing this for a very long time. And uh, I was wondering, there are two options here. One is this guy should be sent to an insane asylum so he can stop making a nuisance of himself for all these poor people that he's suing. And because he's obviously not flourishing in life, so uh, people who are this confused about reality should get special help. So that's one option. But the other option, and I was just thinking about this, reading the story about the beauty pageant after so many stories involving this guy. Maybe he's just a conservative troll. You ever think about that? Conservatives pile on this guy, Jessica Yaniv, a lot. What if he's just a conservative troll? I'm not saying that he is or that I think he is, but if he were, his behavior would be indistinguishable from what it is now. Because if men can really become women simply by wishing it so, why the hell shouldn't that guy be in the beauty pageant? If men can, I'll take it even further, if men can simply become women simply by wishing it so, why shouldn't he be allowed to get a Brazilian wax at the beauty parlor? He's a woman. I'm sure the Human Rights Commission of Ontario or whatever organization he's filing with believes, and it, or at least states, that men can become women simply by wishing it so. Our elite institutions in the United States certainly believe that. Federal government believes that. The universities believe that. The bureaucracy believes that. The mainstream media believe that. They all believe that. So why shouldn't that guy be allowed to get his Brazilian wax? I don't know. This is, this is one of these instances of, uh, you know, providence perhaps, or, or of, uh, you know, our enemy becoming our friend or of a silver lining in a storm cloud. I think this guy is making a more conservative argument than just about anybody else, anyone who could state it explicitly, because he's showing the absurdity of a lot of these claims. These women in bathtubs with their videos on TikTok are showing the absurdity of the left much better than, than any conservative who's trying to make arguments. We like to make reasoned arguments, but they are showing it in many ways. And I, I do think that showing, going out there, doing, I do think this is going to be the decisive factor in the campaign. I, I don't believe, I'm sorry to say, I'm glad Tucker got a great scoop and it was a great interview and I, it's cool that he did it. And it provides more context for, for those of us who don't like Biden. But I don't think that these kind of reasoned, nuanced arguments about Joe Biden's corruption or anything else is going to win the presidential race. I think this race is all about doing, going out, actually hitting the campaign trail, talking to people, showing in your behavior the kind of society that you want to have. And that's what they're doing. You know, Mike Pence, a lot of his staff the other day was infected with coronavirus. And so there was some question as to whether or not he would jump off of the campaign trail. And he said, no, I'm going to keep campaigning. I am going to keep going out there, as he damn well should. But the, the experts tell you not to. Well, I don't care about the experts. I'm not, I am not ruled by the experts. So I am going to keep campaigning. And that's that. That's what they've got to do. This is not a persuasion campaign. This is a get out the vote campaign. 
Nobody cares about Joe Biden's corruption. Go on and get at the vote. Now, before we go, I do have to address one issue. People have written in asking about this, which is uh, Pope Francis's confusing comments on civil unions. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. It was reported in the newspapers that Pope Francis is now embracing laws for civil unions, which is just a sort of euphemism for redefining marriage to include monogamous same-sex couples, but not other types of couples, not polygamous couples, not, right, but it's this very narrow way, and they're saying it's a human right now in certain places. So does Pope Francis support civil unions? Catholic Church cannot support civil unions, as far as I can tell. Obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a canon law expert, but that would appear to be the case. So what happens here? Well, Pope Francis has said in the past, back when he was Cardinal Bergoglio in Argentina, he said that the redefinition of marriage is, it's not a matter of irrational animus. It's not a matter of hatred. It's not a matter of, I don't like this type of person or this type of person. It's a, it's a fundamental change to the order of society and of politics, and it has a spiritual dimension. He said, it's no mere bill, but rather a machination of the father of lies that seeks to deceive and confuse the children of God. From the very beginning, this, this debate over gay marriage or, or civil unions or, or whatever has been pushed by the left as a matter of rights and a matter of hatred. And, you know, if you don't want to fundamentally change the definition of marriage that has existed everywhere for all of human history, which, though it has had some details changed, has always involved sexual difference, the union of husbands and wives. If you don't want to fundamentally redefine that, then you hate gay people. Right? You do. That's the only conclusion, right? Uh, I don't think so. That, uh, I, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But that, that was a successful argument they did. They were able to frame it as a question of rights rather than merely a question of definitions. What they actually did, to use the technical term, is beg the question. They assumed their own conclusions, namely that marriage could be a, a union without sexual difference. And then because they had defined it that way, they said that everyone has to have that right. So what did Pope Francis say? I don't know what Pope Francis said. The Vatican is coming out and in some ways disputing his comments and saying he was misquoted, he was misinterpreted. Papa Francesco is always a misinterpreted, but for some reason he keeps talking to all of these bad journalists. So my only conclusion on this is the teaching of the Catholic Church, can, the dogma of the Catholic Church cannot change. Fundamental teachings cannot change. Uh, the, the Pope's role is to explicate teaching to develop teaching, to deepen it perhaps, but can't contradict the teaching of the church. Popes are fallible, except when they are infallible. People hear about papal infallibility and they say that everything the Pope says must be true. If the Pope says two plus two equals five, it has to be true. That's not what papal infallibility means. Papal infallibility has been invoked, I believe, two times in the history of the Catholic Church. So the Pope is, is fallible, except when he's infallible. And just as a general rule, I'm not even just talking about Francis specifically, just as a general rule, Sometimes the good Lord gives us bad popes, and this has happened many times. And by the way, it's perfectly acceptable. I know some more trad conservative Catholics are saying we're not allowed to criticize the pope here. Criticism of the pope is a longstanding tradition in the Catholic Church. Dante put two popes in hell with their heads in dirt and flames burning the soles of their feet. So this has been go going on for a very long time. I don't think we need to rush to judgment. I don't think we need to be needlessly harsh in our criticism, but we can be clear about it. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't worry so much. I wouldn't agonize over every single statement as though that by virtue of the Pope saying it became gospel truth because the Pope has the, the particular responsibility to declare gospel truth, but he cannot 
contradict it. All right, that's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. It is the best of times and the worst of times, but most of all, it is the weirdest of times. The polls are different from what we see with our eyes, the press is working to hide the truth, and the gap between illusion and reality is growing so wide, the republic might fall right in. We will talk about all that, plus the mailbag, so all your problems will be solved on The Andrew Claven Show.